0: Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. This afternoon, I would like to talk about divine character or Christ character. Before we teach, why don't we pray together? Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can learn from you, Lord. May your Holy Spirit become our teacher today. We welcome your presence, Holy Spirit. We open our heart to learn from you, to hear what you need to say to us. We want to receive the truth, from heaven. And we know, Lord, the truth shall set us free. We don't want to be the same. We want to progress. We want to develop. We want to grow up spiritually. We don't want to be babies, Christian forever. We want to be used by you, Lord. Lord, we all agree that Jesus is our model. And we want to become more like Jesus. And we want to be your ambassador, to be your representative in this generation, that when people come into contact with us, they will see Jesus through us, Lord. We thank you so much. We love you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Yeshua HaMakshik, Amen, Amen. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, The Son mean, Jesus Christ is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. The Bible says that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. The Lord Jesus shown the character of the Heavenly Father You know the word glory means, how many people listen to the sermon that I produced a few months ago called God's glory, the glory of God. God's glory means two things. It comes from the Hebrew language, kabod. It means thick, tangible presence of God. And not only that, the word glory means the perfect attribute of God. So when we say we want to... Receive the glory. It means we want the presence of God to show up, soak into our life, and change us from one level of glory to another level of glory. And the Bible said that the Lord Jesus Christ radiates the perfect attribute of God. God the Father sent Jesus into the world 2,000 years ago to show who God is. And when we read about the Lord Jesus Christ, when we read the Bible, the full gospel, and we examine or we watch how he talks, how he walks, how he responds to the situation, we know exactly how God will respond because he represents the Father. He is the exact representation of the Father's being. So who is the best model on earth here? Jesus when I was young, I used to have uh, some kind of hero in my life, the celebrity, you know, some movie star. I like, for example, I like uh, Bruce Lee when I was a young boy. Wow. Because I love martial art, I used to play Taekwondo. And Bruce Lee, he's one, one of my celebrity. I love the way he move and kick and everything. After that, I found another celebrity that I would like to look at all the time. Her name is Da. I still look at her today but (laughs) but I have the greatest celebrity now the person that I look at the most and I always focus on him and that is the Lord Jesus Christ he is my best model I want to follow his ways I want to follow how he walks, how he talks. He is the best model. And Jesus is our real example, the best example. The word representation in Hebrew chapter 1 verse 3 can be translated as character or reflection or state of condition or image. Jesus is the exact image or show exact character, or reflection of the Father, and as believers, we are called to follow Jesus' way or Jesus' example. Romans chapter eight verse twenty nine: For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be confirmed to the likeness of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. This scripture talks about who? Believers, you and me. For those who come from Chicago, for those who come from Orange County, all the believers, that he predestined for you to be born again, he wants you to be conformed, to be changed, to be transformed, to reach up to the likeness of His son. So every Christian should have common goal. We all should have one common goal, at least one. Some of you may not want to be a pastor like me. You don't have the same goal like me. Your your goal may be you want us to be a very good teacher in the Sunday school. There's nothing wrong about that. We have different goals. My goal is to be a very good pastor, to help my members to grow and to be strong. But we all, believers, should have one common goal. And we cannot reach that goal until we, re- we set the goal. I remember when I first came to America, I was 30-something years old already. I believe so. 32 years old. I came to America at 32 years ago. And I set the goal to have the diploma, certificate, to become the American Neurosurgeon or become a neurosurgeon who graduate and have the diploma as a neurosurgeon in America. Wow. Eight years of school. Whew. Lack sleep, on call, 29 days a month. That's pretty bad in that generation because in that generation, they did not hire a lot of doctors in the hospital. They tried to limit the expenses. So I have to be on call every day. And I did that for eight years. I almost gave up so many times. It was so hard to go through school for eight years at 32 years old. I finished by 40 years old. But one of the reasons I was able to go through and finish to have the American Board of Neurosurgery, get the diploma on the wall, and have the license to practice neurosurgery, because I set the goal that, in my life, I want to have American Board of Neurosurgery. And I keep fighting the bullet, going through the training, the on-call, lacking sleep, anything, get yelled at by my boss, anything. I went through everything to get my goal done. I want to reach my goal. And I did, after eight years. In the same way as believer, why the Bible says, we are like a boxer. The Bible compares us as a boxer. Compare all of us as a runner. We run the race. Is that right? Paul said we run the race to get to the finish line. It means we need to have a goal to get to. Boxer, you need to have a target where you're gonna punch, how you gonna knock your enemy down, in the same way as believer. We should have a goal. Sometimes Christians are like this. Oh, I'm safe already. My name is in heaven now, recorded in the book of life of the Lamb. Ah, I just go to church maybe once a month. I just kind of try to be a good Christian, read the Bible a little bit here and there. i wait until I will go to heaven. Jesus come back to pick me up, and I will be in heaven. Ah, i wait until that day that Jesus will come back, and I will be with him for eternity. So most Christians just live day by day, waiting to die, waiting to go to heaven and meet Jesus Christ. That's why their life is so boring. No goal. I learned this when I was a young believer, that I need to set the goal. I need to run the race, and I need to get to the finish line one of the common goals that we should have as believers is that I'm going to keep growing, developing, changing, transforming to be like Jesus Christ. I want to be like Jesus. I hope that is your goal. Yes, my name is Dr. Lau, but I don't want to be the same Dr. Lau. I want to be like Jesus. Every year, When by, I will look more like Jesus than last year. Amen? Actually, the Bible says in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I no longer live. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The life that I live now, I live by the love of my master, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, in other words, you die. No more of you. But more of Jesus in you. You decrease, and He increases. You become less, and He become more in you. Is that right? You need to think this way. I don't want to be the same. I want to take on the likeness of God's Son. That is my goal. I want to become more like Jesus. I hope that is your goal, too. I cannot force you. You have to make your own choice, what you're going to do with your life. But I want to grow every year to become more like Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 say, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. The world has its own pattern. The world is full of carnality, a lot of ideas from the system of the world. And we are really affected. We have been affected by the world thinking and the world system. And God said, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. What is the world system? Sometimes I talk to people from Thailand. And I notice that in Thailand, people in Thailand always talk about money. The richer you are, mm, the more successful I am. Oh, you have only $200 in the bank account. Oh, you are a failure. I measure you by looking at the amount of your money. And that is a Thai culture. that The more money you have, the better you are. So you are measured by the amount of money that you make and you have in your bank account. But is that the world system? Yes. That is not God's system. God doesn't value you by the amount of money you have. So God tried to say that, hey, get rid of the world system. We are not of the world. We do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So two things here, the world's way and God's will. As believers, we need to know God's will, and we need to walk away from the worldly way and embrace the will of God, so that we become more like Jesus. Have you ever heard this term, the mind of Christ? Yeah. The mind of Christ. God say, let it happen, the renewing of your mind. You need to think the same way Jesus thinks. You need to have the mind of Christ. God wants to change you. To become like Jesus in your character, in your mindset, in your thinking, your motive, the way of your life. He wants to transform you. He's going to transform you. He, he needs to let you know his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We need to know the will of God. We need to embrace the way and the will of God. How many people say that I want to become more like Jesus? Raise your hand up. How many people say, I don't want the way of the world. I want the way of God. I hope that is your decision. God cannot force you. But if you want to find favor from God, you want to live this way. I like this. Good, pleasing, and perfect will. Last Sunday, I just talked in my church about the offering that produced soothing aroma to the nostril of God. The Bible used the word, acceptable and pleasing to God. You are the living sacrifice. Your life, when God look at you, he should be able to smell wow, not your Chanel perfume. (laughs) I know only Chanel, I don't know other perfume yet. (laughs) Not Chanel perfume, but he can smell from you the acceptable Pleasing aroma from your life. How to do that? You live your life, your mindset, your way of talking, your way of life, your personality, everything as a living sacrifice. The way you live, the way you talk, the way you think should be acceptable and pleasing to God. And when you can do that, you will receive a lot of favor from God. God's mind from heaven, actually. I quote two scripture last Sunday. One is in Genesis chapter 8, another one in Philippians chapter 4. And both scriptures talk about soothing aroma. And by after God's smell, the next scripture say, okay, I'm going to give you the favor. It's clear. You can look at it in Genesis chapter 8 and Philippians chapter 4. And I experience the favor of God all the time because I want to live a life acceptable, pleasing to God. How to do that? Let him come in and change your life to know the will of God, to live according to the way of God, not according to the way of the world. Pastor Dan, I always have the favor from God. A few months ago, we went to Switzerland, and the broadcast said going to be bad, raining that weekend. We did not know, but when we show up, sunshine. The whole weekend. God knows that pass aloud doesn't like raining too much. <laughs> a few weeks ago, there was a broadcast that San Diego can have rain the whole week. This week, it's going to have rain the whole week. Jesus Christ knows that I need to enjoy the Sea World a little bit yesterday. So, on Thursday, no rain. We can enjoy... Sea World, huh? Sunshine too. You see, the it's a favor of God. God can change the atmosphere for you in order to show favor to you. Actually, yesterday we planned to record some teaching movie, but we could not because it's so loud in Sea World. We cannot record with all the song around. So I say, why don't we record today? And God gave us sunshine again this morning. So we went to record at the ocean front. <laughs> so we record the teaching this morning for an hour. And God give us nice weather again is a favor from God. How many people want to live in the favor of God? What do you need to do? You live a life that is acceptable, pleasing to God. The best person in this universe that you should please and you should say, I want you to accept me, is God. Man can reject you. Man can hate you. Man can come against you. But if God is on your side, and if God accepts you, is pleased with you, no one can stop you. No one can take you down. Amen. I made this decision long time ago. I will please my God. If man agree with God, I agree with them. But if man say pass aloud, do this way, don't do the way God say. I say I'm sorry. I cannot please you. I cannot please my God. That's what I want to do. I want to be a man after God's own heart. I want His favor. I want Him to accept me and show love to me. Amen. The best person you can please is the almighty God. And one way is to what? Be transformed. To know his acceptable will. His way. And be willing to change. To think the way God thinks. Move the way God moves. Say the same way he wants to say. We need that. Amen. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. My dear children. I can identify with this scripture. For whom I am again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. This is the writing of a pastor or apostle. He said that, wow, to take care of my church member is like a childbirth. (laughs) Like a childbirth. So hard. (laughs) So painful. How many people have baby? You know how childbirth is tough? Oh. But for the pastor, the childbirth pain is forever. Not just only a few hours. (laughs) Until Jesus takes you to heaven. The childbirth pain of a pastor, of a minister. You know why? Because, believe me, people in the church are not perfect. They make mistakes. And new people come in. And new people Start from A, B, C again. Grow up again. Generation after generation, you have to raise new kids in the church. New people always have something to deal with in the church: the flesh, the immaturity, the complain, the wrong action. The uh, some people throw tantrum in the church. I don't like this and complain. All this stuff happened in the church. Every church face that. So all the pastors have to deal with this immaturity, the babyness of the members. And they have to be patient still. I love you. We're about to punch you actually. <laughs> Sometimes I feel that way. <laughs> I feel like this all the time actually. <laughs> I have to repent. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened last Sunday, actually, to me. <laughs> I was going in to pray for somebody. Uh, that person just started to say something very annoy me, like, ooh, wow. <laughs> really annoy me because the conversation is very prideful and very arrogant and uh, no thankfulness at all. So I was, should I pray for you? Maybe I should not. <laughs> something like that. People are still immature. And that's why Paul said, I go through the pain of the childhood to make sure you grow up, to take the character of God. That is one of the job's description of the pastor is to help members to grow up, to become more like Jesus Christ. The church is not a place just for socialization. It's not just a place for people to eat nice dinner together. No, it's a place of training. It's a place of correction, teaching, and developing the life to become more and more like Jesus Christ. That's my mentality about church. I don't see the church as an organization. I see the church of a family that the kids come in, they need to grow up, to become mature, to become strong. It's not just a religious place. Come in. Amen. Sit down, stand up, singing three hymns, three hers, and then walk out as a religion. No! Church is a family that God is a daddy. And He uses people like, pastor like me, to have to go through childbirth. To help you to grow. Amen? <laughs> to take on the character of Christ's form in you. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4 I read all this scripture to convince you that it's God's will for you to grow up and to take on the character of Jesus Christ through this he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape The corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You see? Opposite thing. God wants you to participate in the divine nature. He wants you to grow up to become more like Jesus. And not only that, run away from the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You need to really agree with God and get rid of all the wrong motive, evil desires, any wrong mindset. You need to let God come in and fill you with love, with faith, compassion, mercy, patience, long-suffering, goodness. Fill your life with His way. Amen? We need to be that way on the way here. We got on the airplane and when we walk into the airplane, we both have the seat and we find out that Pasada doesn't have that seat. And we kind of chalk because I need to sit with another man and my wife have to go in the back of the plane. My first reaction is, Hey, I pay. Why I don't have the seat? <laughs> By my nature, I'm very taekwondo. I will react. I even told Pasada I'm upset. I'm very upset. That's why she did not have a seat. So I tried to calm down and be like Jesus. Try to calm down and talk to the flight attendant politely. What happened? She said, you go out to talk to the front desk. So we walk out again, pass through all the <laughs> traveler, Walk out. What happened to Pastor seat? That number, 2A. She should sit at 2A, but now she's in the back. And we find out the seat was broken. So they kick my wife back to the plane. And I say, no, no, I go sit in the back, you sit in the front. But Pastor Dar say, I don't care. So I feel so bad and was so upset, but I have to control my flesh. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to act. I just stay calm. And it's amazing. God has grace. Because we still act like Jesus, very humble, very calm. And the flight attendant come to me in the middle of the flight and say, where is your wife? I say in the back there, what does she like to eat? I think she likes to eat chicken salad. Okay, I will take for her for free. So they took the plate to Pasada and gave her free food there. And I said, thank you so much. You see, if we are humble and we are not upset, we still show love and show forgiveness. God give us favor. And today I got the email from Alaska Airlines, we return money to you, and not only that, you get $50 voucher next time when you buy, they give to both of us, not just her. Both of us have $50, so when we buy next ticket, we get $50 off. So, But even though we get disappointed, but we still need to show the character of Christ. We should not be upset and yell, and uh, we should be humble, Amen. So, Christ's character is in us. Do you call yourself Christians? Are you a Christian? You know when that word come on? In Acts chapter 11, verse 26. The first time, disciples of Jesus were called Christians. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So, it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. What does it mean, Christians? What does it mean? It means follower of Christ. Which means you should look like Jesus Christ. If you call yourself Christian, your mindset, your way of talking, your way of life should look like Jesus. Amen? You should not call your self-Christian, but you look like the devil. <laughs> you should look like Jesus. <laughs> Have you ever heard sometimes people complain about Christian? This guy look like the devil. <laughs> okay, at this point, you see many scripture. God wants all of us to become like Christ. God wants all of us to grow up, to remove the way of the world, take off all the sinful nature, and put on the nature of Christ on us. I understand that we cannot become like Christ overnight. It takes time. It takes some tests and trial, and takes so many things. We can talk about that later on. Do you know that sometimes God tests you? Yes. Sometimes your wife can do something and stir on your kind of poke on your heart on the weak spot. <laughs> And that is a good time that you learn how to respond like Christ. Something happened in your life is a test and it's a way to help you to grow up. If you don't go through the test at all, you will not grow. You need to go through the test. So when bad things happen, you need to say, Okay, this is the way I can develop my character to become like Christ. I'm not going to respond to this hardship or disappointment with bad, negative attitude are going to respond with the Christ attitude. Amen? So don't think that negative situation in your life are bad all the time. No, they are good. They are the condition that you can grow up more. You can forgive. You can be patient. You can be long suffering. Somebody may not change overnight, it may take them ten years to change. So you have to do long suffering to be patient with people. That is Christ's character. How many of you sometimes think this way? How much God has to be patient with you? Oh. Sometime when I see some of my Christian friends act in a bad way, and I think, oh God, you are so patient. If I were you, I would send fire. <laughs> Burn him up. But God is so patient. That is the character of God. Be patient. Be long-suffering. I know Pastor da, I have to practice that all the time. Every day, she needs to be long-suffering with me because I I'm not perfect. I still do things that she. I can't believe I marry you. <laughs> Long suffering. <laughs> How many years now? We married 1980. <laughs> Thirty-nine years. 39 years. She needs to have a, a lot of long suffering. <laughs> now, how are we going to change to become like Jesus? John chapter 1, verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Notice these two words. Law and grace. In the Old Testament, we learn the law. And the believers in that generation try to follow the law by their own strength. They have to do this, they have to do that, they have to do that. They follow the law by their own strength. Because in that generation, only a few group of people, or a few people in each generation have the Holy Spirit. Only the king, the priests, and the prophets, and certain workers in the temple have the Holy Spirit on them, not even in them, on them, in order to function in their calling. But before Jesus went to the cross, but the believers, the Jewish people in that generation, in the old generation, did not have the Holy Spirit inside them. But now we're living in the time of grace through Jesus. Why I say through Jesus? Because number one, Jesus is the demonstration of God's grace. He showed grace to us by coming into the world and dying for us. He is the grace of God in a person. A person full of the grace of God. Not only that, the second reason, through Jesus, because after Jesus died on the cross, the veil between the holy of holies and the most holy place was torn from the top to the bottom, supernaturally. The veil opened. And who came out from the most holy place? The Holy Spirit came out. And from that minute on, every believer who really born again have the Spirit of God on the inside of them. If you're really born again, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And the name of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Grace. Jesus Is the demonstration of grace. He died for us. He paid a price for us. And he allowed us to have the spirit of grace on the inside of us. Do we still need to know the law of God? What is the law of God? Don't kill. Don't be covetous. Don't lie. Be honest. Don't commit adultery. These are all the law of God. Do we need to know? Yes. We still need to know the law of God. But the difference nowadays... Is that we don't follow the law because we have to follow the law. We can follow the law because the spirit is in us. He is like a hand inside us. He has written the law into our heart. I never forgot. I got saved on Friday night. I watched the movie Jesus. And that night I received Jesus into my heart. I never forgot. Next day. When I woke up, I look at people. Oh, interesting. Now I love people. Why are they so precious? What happened to me? I began to love people. Before that, no way, Jose. I live for myself. I'm going to take everything for myself. But after the Holy Spirit came in me, after being born again, the Holy Spirit put the law in my heart. What is the law? The law of love. So, we can be changed by the grace of God. Jesus is our grace. Through Him, we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to work in our life at the moment we are born again. Romans chapter 10 verse 4. Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Christ is the end of the law. We are not legalistic people anymore. We don't follow the law just because we need to follow the law. I have to follow the law. No. The law is in us by the Holy Spirit. We move by the Holy Spirit. The grace of God is in us, the Holy Spirit, who gives us the power to be able to become more like Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's the reason why our churches love the Holy Spirit. I noticed that when God's people are touched by the Holy Spirit, they change so quickly. There's a member here, Mr. Eddie. I met him in year 2017 in Arizona. First time. His brother brought him to the revival service. And in that revival service, he gave his life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit touched him. I rarely met him because we live in a different city. He told me the story that he got on the airplane to fly back to South Carolina. Is that right? Yeah. On the airplane he sit in the middle and two women one woman this side one woman this side he sat on the airplane and suddenly the grace of God the Holy Spirit inside him spoke to him I give you and he say what did you give me suddenly he start to cry he has to put the hood on his head and put his head on the front seat because he began to cry in the the tear come out and the two women on both sides look at him. Uh, are you okay? Can we do anything for you? These two women thought that he was crazy. Because he's a man that cried on the airplane. And he cried all the way to Texas. The Holy Spirit touched him. And I met him yesterday. And Pastor, I talked to Pastor Da. It is change. He's not the same man I met two years ago. His countenance is changed. His smiling is changed. The way he talks is changed. He looks more humble, look more merciful, more kind, committed. Who did that? The Holy Spirit changed him to become more like Jesus Christ. That's the reason why the local church must welcome The Holy Spirit. Members cannot become more like Jesus by just preaching, preaching, preaching the law. We need the Holy Spirit to move and touch people and change people. We need to allow the freedom of the Holy Spirit to touch and change people's life. We can become like Jesus by the grace of God. And who give that grace to us, the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter eleven verse six and if by grace then it's no longer by works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. Now we can live a holy life, we can become like Jesus Christ. Our personality is changed, the way we think change, the way we respond to situation change because of the grace of God. And who is that grace? Grace is not just an idea. It's not just the word English word G-R-A-C-E in the Bible. Grace is a person, and his name is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who caused Jesus to be birthed in the womb of Mary. The Holy Spirit is the one who anointed Jesus Christ to serve. The Holy Spirit is the one who gave Jesus what to say from the father gave him power to lay hand and heal the sick and cast out demons the holy spirit is the one who gave jesus joy while he was on the cross and he was willing to die for us by the power of the holy spirit the holy spirit is the one who raised jesus from the dead and the holy spirit is the one who came down into the upper room in the book of acts chapter 2 to change all those coward disciples who ran away and did not want to preach the Lord Jesus Christ. Gave them power and anointing and bonus to preach the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the one who changed Paul from being persecutor of the church into the apostle. The Holy Spirit is the one who built the church today through you and me. The Holy Spirit is the one who changed you from glory to glory, to glory. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace is the one who gives you power to be able to say no to sin and to say yes to the Lord. Amen? We can be changed by the Spirit of grace. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Are you okay? I have 15 more minutes. Listen carefully. For it is God who works in you. To will and to act according to his good purpose. When we read the scripture, you may think, oh, it is God, the Heavenly Father in heaven. Yeah, the Heavenly Father in heaven works, but he works through the Holy Spirit. Who is in you right now? Is the Father in you? No. Is the Son Jesus Christ in you? No. He's at the right hand of the Father right now. He's in heaven. Who is in you? The Holy Spirit is in you, who make you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And what is his good purpose? You grow up. You are blessed. You're prosperous. You are healed. You're healthy. You're so strong. You're so full of wisdom. You know what to do. You know where to go. What to say. He's the one who anoints you to heal the sick to cast out demons, to build the church, to talk to your son who is running away from God, and you should say one sentence by the Holy Spirit, that son, repent and turn back to God. Not by yourself, but by the Spirit in you, to will, to act, to talk, like Jesus Christ in this century. You are like Jesus in this century, by the same Holy Spirit who works in Jesus, but he works in you now to will and to act. Amen? Hallelujah. Is it wonderful that we can be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit? That's why Christians who understand this truth will love the Holy Spirit, welcome the Holy Spirit, and want the Holy Spirit to work in their life. One thousand percent. All the time. It's not your own mind, your own power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. I cannot do it myself. I need the Holy Spirit to move in my life, to change me. Amen? To become more and more like Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. I remember when I was a young believer for many years, when I read this scripture, I thought, oh, by grace, I don't have to go to hell. That's it. That's all I understand. For by grace, you have been saved. Oh, saved from hell. Oh, thank you, Lord. Because you love me, you show mercy to me, I repent of my sin. I don't have to go to hell. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That was my understanding when I was a young believer. But nowadays, because I know the Bible more than before. Oh, it's different. For by grace, you have been saved from divorce. By grace, you have been saved from skin disease. I have eczema out of my life. And by grace, one day I woke up, all gone. Supernaturally. By grace... He saved you from being in debt, lacking money, in poverty. By grace, He saved you from broken relationship, losing your job, saved you from accident, saved you from having bad habits, bad character. I receive a lot of testimony from Thailand now. A lot, actually. It's amazing. Every day, somebody send movie, because nowadays it's so easy, you just get the iPhone up and record your testimony. And people sent to me, one man, he was a believer only six months, he loved to play game. I think Thai people call RV something, maybe in America, we don't know that game, in Thailand. He played crazy, and he is about 40 years old, he still play every day. He said that suddenly the Holy Spirit touched him, God he did not play anymore it's amazing he was saved from being addicted addiction to the game amen, amen. testimony come again and again salvation is not just about going to heaven and miss hell i tell you many things in our life are not good you don't want it how many people love to have poverty oh no one raise and i don't need to do brain transplant How many people want to be sick all the time? Raise your hand up. How many people want to have bad relationship with people? Hated by your boss. How many people want to have broken home? How many people want to get into car accident all the time? How many people want to be in addiction? Bad habits. How many people want to live in short temper? Being angry all the time. Who can save you? Jesus. By his grace. Is that right? So, you can be saved from bad habit, wrong attitude, wrong ways of life that is of the world by the grace of God, by the spirit of grace. You don't have to be the same. Power of God, by his grace, and you receive through faith. Again, For by grace you have been saved through, through mean channel. What is a channel you can receive from God? Faith. By faith, through faith, you receive grace. That's why we need to produce a lot of teaching. And people need to listen to the teaching. How do you get faith? How do you get faith? By listening. By hearing. And hearing. And hearing. And hearing. The word of God. You need to listen to the anointed teaching. Because the anointed teaching will not just only decorate your brain with knowledge, but it will come into your heart and move in your heart to have faith. And by faith, you can receive the grace of God to change you, to bless you, to set you free, to move you from here to here to here to here through faith. We need faith. Amen. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Who is that? Jesus Christ. And he is the one who opened the window for us, for the Holy Spirit to come down to, be, to fill us. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore... Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, the spirit of grace can help you to do every good thing you want to do. I can become a successful neurosurgeon by the grace of God. I approach the throne of grace and say holy spirit you help me to become a successful neurosurgeon by grace you can run the church by grace you can be a good husband by grace you can feed your family by grace you can become like jesus christ so we approach the throne of grace we come by faith and received Whatever we need in our life. And one of the needs that we have is to become more like Jesus Christ. Do you have any habits right now that you are far away from being like Jesus? Do you want God to help you? To become more like Jesus? You want to get rid of that habit or that kind of mindset? Who's going to help you? The Holy Spirit can help you to get rid of the things that is not of God. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And he said to me, my grace, he means God, said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of God may rest upon me. You think God has enough or sufficient grace for you to handle everything in your life? Is it a good God? Is it a generous God? You may be facing something and you feel that, oh, this is so hard to handle, to have victory. Who you should look to? You look to God. God, I look at your throne. Give me grace, the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to go through this situation. And I will respond it the way Jesus responds. I want to be like Jesus Christ. What is that? The grace of God will help you. Amen? We need the grace. We need the Holy Spirit, the grace of God. And it's always sufficient. If you look to him, you cry out to him, you depend on him, he can help you in any situation. Amen? Hallelujah. Even in little things, you drive into the parking lot. No parking and you look to who? The throne of grace. Instead of being upset, yell, and angry, no parking here, la, la, la. You want to be like Christ? You need to be calm, patient, and very laughing and joy, and be joyful. Who do you look to? You look to God. God, the throne of grace, by your Holy Spirit, you're gonna give me the parking spot. So I can still laugh. And you just drive, ha ha, ha, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And as you drive in, he say, "Turn right." OK, I turn right." Oh, parking is there. Perfect, Because the spirit of grace guides you to have the parking spot. I haven't done this for a long time. Usually when I go to Disneyland or like this sea world, I always just walk and enjoy all the things because my oldest daughter we put up the paper and plan. Daddy, here, here, here. What time we go there? What time we go there? Plan everything for me. Last time, Hans-Hadar and I went to Disneyland with Chili and Noy to take some video. We walk in. I just relax. And Chili put up the paper and plan everything for me. I just enjoy Disneyland. Yesterday, I walk in. No one (laughs) plan. Everyone just like. Try to enjoy themselves. Who gonna plan? Me. The first time for 10 years I have to plan for Disneyland and World. So I put up the paper and you know what is the first reaction I have? The first thing? Holy Spirit. I'm serious. Guide me where to go. And he did. Every single hour he told me to go there. I'm the guide now. They have to listen to me. Come with me. Go here. What is the pass allowed? Go there. And in fact, I was planning to go to one building at the end of the day. But suddenly the Holy Spirit told me, no, you don't go to that building. You go to Neptune. Is that Neptune? Nautilus. Okay, Nautilus. Something ends. Start with N. Nautilus. They say, oh, okay, God, I need to listen to you. Okay, let's go to Nautilus. Everyone saw like this. Follow me. So we went to Nautilus instead of going to the other building. Oh, when I walk in there and see the show, Thank you, Lord. You guided me to the right place. I, you enjoyed last night? One of the best ice skating show that I have ever seen in my life. I am passing down like this all the time. Wow, wow, how can they do that? It's the best ice skate show in my life. And I say, thank you for your grace that you lead me to this building instead of that building. He showed me. You know, the Holy Spirit has sufficient grace like this. Sister Chamlong want to take picture in front of the Christmas tree. And we think that, oh, why are we going to take picture at another place? But we forgot that this month, the sunlight come down so quickly. So when we walk by there, we're going to walk past by, and the Holy Spirit talked to me, take it now. He said we take it now. Don't wait. So I call everyone because I'm the guide. Hey, take picture now. So we all stand there, take picture. When we walk out of the the building, it's so dark and we cannot take picture anymore. And I say, thank you for your grace, even for taking picture. That's why I love the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. I hope that this scripture is for every church, every believer in this generation. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And this is a sentence I want to emphasize. And great grace, not little grace, great grace was upon them all. We, every day, walk by the great grace of God all the time. To make us become like Jesus. To make us have wisdom like Jesus. Speak like Jesus. Have power like Jesus. Know how to answer people's questions like Jesus. People raise the question, should we give money, give taxes to Caesar? We can answer like Jesus. What belongs to Caesar, give to Caesar. What belongs to God, give it to God. Every day, we are led by the great grace of God and we can have joy, have faith, we can have victory, we can live a life of victory and we can be like Jesus Christ by the grace of God. Let me read a few more scriptures. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, point to the, your neighbor, you too. You, you, you. You too. Each one of you. Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Do you have the grace? Did God give you the grace? Yes. You can depend on that grace to become like Jesus Christ. And you can depend on that grace to do whatever you need. If you work in the bank, You walk in, by the grace of God, today, I'm going to do well in my job as a banker or as a financial planner. If you are a teacher, you walk into the classroom, by the grace of God, I'm going to represent Jesus here. He gives you the grace to get the job done and to become more like Jesus Christ. Amen? So I'm going to stop here and we'll continue tonight about the grace and about character. In conclusion, we all were born with Adam's nature, sinful nature. As we growing up, we have been bombarded, have been affected by the system of the world, the things and the way of the world. So we grew up with a lot of chunks on the inside of us that God wants to get rid of them so that we become more like Jesus. And as we recognize that, we make a decision. All the days of my life until the last day, my heart beats here until I die. Before I die, every single day, I will grow and I will allow God to transform me and develop me to become more like Jesus. Next year, I will be better than this year. Ten years from now, when we come back together, ten years from now, and I believe you're going to live that long. 10 more years. Okay. You're going to live until 120 years old. When we come back together again in San Diego, we look at each other's eyes. Wow, you changed so much. Brother, you don't look like the same man 10 years ago. You look so awesome, so glorious, so full of faith and joy. And you look like Jesus more. Wow. Praise the Lord. Every year people see you. They should be able to say, Wow, you changed so much. Is that right? That is a journey. It's like a journey of the children of Israel to go into the promised land. The journey that we're going to become more like Jesus. And we're going to reach into the promised land. We're going to become more like him. But we don't become more like him by being legalistic. By just following the law with our own strength and our own religious ability. No. We can be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We just come to the throne of grace by faith and say, God, help me. God, change me. God, work in me to will and to act according to your purpose. I want to change. Teach me. Show me. When you are Roommate offend you. <laughs> you say, God, I want to respond the way Jesus responds. I'm going to forgive her. i going to still love her. And have a long, long suffering for her. And I will pray for her. Amen? Can you imagine if every believer in the church have this kind of lifestyle and believe this way? Wow, the church is going to be full of very powerful members. Amen. You learned something? Okay. Let us pray and we'll have dinner together. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us and showing us the way to walk with you. Lord, we want to grow. We want to change. May this teaching be the blessing to many people around the world when this teaching goes out into the internet, Lord. We believe, Father, that you will Lord, use all of us to be the sword and the light, to be representative and the ambassador of the kingdom of God. Lord, we will never stay the same. We will grow. We will become mature Christians, become more like Jesus Christ. By your grace, we declare in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise the Lord. We trust that this message is ministered to you.